Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, King of Kings. Thank you, Lord of Lords. We give you praise. We give you praise. Yes, Lord. Good morning, sons of God. Go with me to Revelation chapter chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. Thank you, Jesus. Revelation chapter 12. We are looking at the two realms or two dimensions of existence, the two spheres of existence, and how to experience the heavenly realms, how to live in the experiential reality of the heavenly realms. Okay? Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. All right. A great and wondrous, I'm reading NIV, a great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and carried out and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven. An enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his head. His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. And there was war in heaven, verse 7. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough. Who was not strong enough? The dragon and his angels. And they lost their place in heaven. They lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hauled down. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hauled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ for the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hauled down. They overcame him, verse 11, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the words of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. He knows that his time is short. 
actually is just one verse that I am interested in here. But there is always a blessing with the public reading of the scriptures. There is always a blessing that comes with constantly hearing the word of God. All right. So every other thing that we have read before verse 12 is just to give us a perspective, a perspective into what we are going to be considering this morning or today. Glory to God. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. There are two realms of existence. There are two spheres of existence. In all of creation, there are two dimensions of existence. There is the heavenly dimension and there is the earthly dimension. There is the heavenly dimension and there is the earthly dimension. The two dimensions of existence. As a matter of fact, when you look at this scripture, you see the description of something that happened in eternity as a point in eternity that affected the all of creation and what was that the defeat of satan the the expulsion of satan from heaven the expulsion of satan and um, all the you know the angels that fell with him the fall of satan all right satan was not cast down from heaven the day he fell this scripture is an attestation to that because when the angels were talking after his defeat they said the accuser of our brethren who are the brethren now if the angels are talking then the brethren of the angels here would be angels not men not men say the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our god day and night so satan was not cast down the day he fell why why because god was too big to meddle with him when he fell god was just waiting for the angels now here is another lesson you are waiting for god to enter your situation and cast away the devil and change the situation but god is waiting for you to do the same because he knows what he has invested in you in christ jesus Satan was not cast down until, and if you notice, you will see that the people that initiated the warfare, the expulsion of Satan from heaven, was not Satan. It was not God, but what? Michael and his angels. He said, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. Until you stand up with the authority of God, authority of Christ, with the divine life of God that is in you, and back at the situation, initiate the war, expel the darkness, expel the evil one, you know, break the hold of the evil one over your life, over your situation, over your household, over your business, over whatever you do, there will be no change. 
So long as the angels, the Michael and the other angels were willing to tolerate Satan in heaven, God did nothing. Look at that scripture. God did nothing. I hope you know that before the fall, before Satan was cast down, he had already fallen. The fall of Satan, as a matter of fact, happened before the creation, the recreation of the earth. Satan fell before the recreation of the earth because it was his fall that caused the earth to become void and, not, uh, uh, and darkness to cover the face of the deep. He was a covering cherub, a custodian of the earth dimension. As a cherub, as a morning star, when he was in the service of God, all right? But iniquity was found in him. And when he fell, what happened? The, the dimension of the earth, because before the fall of Satan, the earth was in synchrony with the heavens. The earth dimension was in synchrony, in harmony with heaven before his fall but when he fell because of the nature you see when when and when you look at the earth today the bible said the earth god has given to the sons of men the evil that is going on in the earth today is as a result of the evil that is resident in the heart of men today in the realm of the spirit the realm over which you are in, in custody over which you reign, over which you dominate, will vibrate at the frequency of the custodian of that realm. When Satan was pure in the service of God, there was no problem. The Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In that first statement was a total creation of the heavens and the earth, including the creation of the angels, Satan, the children, the seraphs, all the beings and the creation of the earth. And the earth was created perfect. And Satan was set as custodian over the earth. And now in verse 2, the Bible says the earth was without form and void. How did the earth that God created in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 become without form and void as a result of the fall of Satan? You will see this, you know, delineated with the eyes of the spirit in the book of Isaiah, I think chapter 12, where it talks about Satan prophetically, and Ezekiel chapter 28, where it gives us a revelation of the fall of Satan. So when Satan fell, who was the covering cherub over the earth dimension? What happened? The earth fell with him. When he began to vibrate at the frequency of death, the earth began to vibrate with him at the same frequency and that was what brought about the darkness that covered the face of the deep and the earth was formless and void it lost shape the earth lost the shape that god gave to it it lost the form that god gave to it it lost the light so what we see from genesis chapter 1 from verse 2 is the recreation of the earth all right now with this truth in the background Let's go back to Revelation. So, when Satan fell, God didn't bother to cast him out, even from the Eden, the seat of God's government. That is why Satan had access to Adam and Eve. 
as a matter of fact the creation of man was was god making a statement that he was too big to contend with satan when god created man the purpose of the creation of man was to take over the function of satan before his fall and what was his function to to you know be in custody of the earth dimension so man was brought to replace satan in what in being in taking charge over the earth realms over the earth spheres over the earth dimension and when we are talking about the earth dimension we are not talking about the geographical earth we are talking about all the galaxies we are talking about not just the milky way galaxies the billions of galaxies you see the earth our earth the physical earth or the geographical earth is only the astronomical earth is only one planet in the milky way galaxy and there are billions of galaxies so the earth we are talking about here is all encompassing and includes all the billions of galaxies all the billions of galaxies that's the earth of genesis chapter 1 verse 1 in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth all right so the purpose of god for creating man you will see that in genesis chapter 1 verse 26 it was what satan used to do but when satan fell god created a man and if you read the book of psalms the bible says out of the mouth of babes and suckling that thou has ordained strength what is man that thou art mindful of him for you have made him a little lower than angel you have put all things under him you see that god gave man the authority the power to rule over the earth dimensions the earth realms not just the astronomical earth but all the spheres of the of, of creation on earth the earth all right now when satan fell god didn't bother to cast him down cast him out he was he still had access to eden satan still had access that is why he had access to adam and eve now here is here is a mystery or a truth a revelation that will charge your heart and encourage your heart god did not consider the devil a threat to man in eden if god had considered the devil a threat to man the living soul man the scripture identified adam in eden as the living soul man if god considered satan a threat to man there is no how he will allow him access to man but god did not consider satan a threat to man if satan is not a threat to the living soul man how much more the life-giving spirit and you and i the new creation in christ jesus we are not members of the living soul man our other is the man from heaven the life-giving spirit the quickening spirit satan is not a threat to us he is not a threat to you glory to jesus he's not a threat to you so so long as you know the angels were willing to condone the activities of satan in heaven god had no problem with it 
Satan is not a threat to God. He was a personal non grata, inconsequential, infinitesimal to the plans and purposes of God. So God didn't bother. God didn't bother. God didn't bother. Keep that in your mind. Now, a time came after a years of years had gone, after Satan had fallen. The angels became restless. They cannot, you know, uh, uh, I, I used to, I, I usually say that there was a time when the heavens of the angels, you know, scripture will always tell you about heavens because there are realms and layers in the heavens. The heavens of the angels was nothing to write home about because wherever the devil is, there is no peace there. There was such a time when the heavens of the angel had nothing to wish for. There was nothing about the heavens, to, the heavens where the angels dwell to live to wish for. Why? Because of the oppressions of Satan, the oppressions of darkness, the oppressions of Satan, and the, the angels that had fallen with him. But a time came, and Jeremiah became restless, and the other angels with him they became restless, and they say, "Enough is enough." I want somebody to rise up in his situation and say enough is enough enough is enough and what did they do and there was war in heaven michael and his angel fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back you see king james said but there was no place found in him in other words michael and the other angels occupied the whole place expelled satan and occupy the whole place. How did they occupy the whole place? They expanded their reality. You occupy. Is there any ground in your life where the enemy has, you know, occupied? What do you do? In the place of prayer, in the place of meditation, expand your soul, expand your being in God. Expand the DNA of God in you and occupy the whole place and expel him. There was no place found for Satan and the other angels. And they were hauled down to the earth. They were cast down to the earth. And peace, the kingdom of God, if you read down, when, it, when they cast the devil down, a voice rose and began to speak. It's now, now the kingdom of God has come. So the kingdom of God does not come in a place because it is heaven. There was a time when the kingdom of God was absent in heaven. For that statement to be made, he said, now the kingdom of our God has come. Salvation has come. You see that in verse 10. If they cried at that point when Satan had been hauled down that the kingdom has come, it means that there was a time the kingdom of God was deficient or absent in heaven. So, there is a responsibility placed on every son of God to do what? To enforce the kingdom of God in his own or her own territory. A responsibility. Alright? Now, let's continue down. He says, verse 4, Therefore rejoice, the voice is still talking, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. There are two dimensions it brings to focus here but woe to you the first dimension is heaven what did he tell the heaven rejoice now the second dimension is the earth what did he tell the earth he said woe to you and the sea because the devil has gone down to you he is filled with fury because he knows 
that he has a short time. There is a heavenly dimension and there is the earthly dimension. And my assignment this morning is not just to tell you to contend for your territory on earth. My assignment first of all this morning basically is to let you know that you dwell not in the earthly dimension. You dwell in the heavenly dimension. Let me show you by scripture. Look at Psalm number 91 verse 1. He says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. What is the secret place of the Most High? The secret place of the Most High is not the heaven of the angels. So there, is, there are heavens, there are layers in the heavens. There is a realm where God dwells alone in the unapproachable light. Light that cannot be approached. Where through Jesus, for Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. John chapter 14 verse 6. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is our pathway to approach the unapproachable light of God. The heaven where God dwells. The heaven of God. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. That is the heaven of God. Where God dwells. Shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6, he said we have been raised together with Christ Jesus. Raised together with Christ Jesus. We have been raised. Let me, let's, let's, let's look at that scripture. Ephesians. Ephesians. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6, he says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. We have established by scripture that Jesus Christ is the embodiment of all the realms of God. is the embodiment of the dimension of God. So we have been raised together with Christ Jesus and seated at the right hand of God where in the heavenly realms in Christ. So you see your dwelling place. You see where we are seated. So when the angel was talking woe to those that dwell on earth, you are not included because you are not dwelling on earth. You dwell in the secret place of the Most High. You dwell in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, who is the embodiment of all realms and dimensions in God. You are not, you are not in the second dimension. You are not in the earth. You are not in the earth, sons of God. You are not in the earth. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. You see, I want to establish, when I have established to you where you are from the angle or the perspective of God, where God sees you, how God sees you, where you are situated, your location, where you are located. If, when I have finished establishing this by scriptures, I will now show you how to make this your spiritual reality to become your experiential bodily reality. Alright, Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Father. Colossians chapter 3, chapter 3 verse 1. Oh, God is good. Okay, it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. You see, there is no dispute in the mind of the apostle here. There is no confusion. There is no argument. Look at how this place started. He says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. He's not saying, uh, have you been raised with Christ? He's not trying to explain that you have been. He's saying that because you have been raised with Christ. Now, what do you do? 
set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Question, where is your life hidden? Answer, in Christ with God or with Christ in God. Another question, your life is hidden with Christ in God. Where is Christ? Set your heart. Answer. Verse 1. Set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So if your life is healed with Christ in God and Christ who is the container of your life and God who is the container of your life, the Christ that is the container of your life is seated at the right hand of God. Question. And as above, where are you? You are above, seated at the right hand of God. Take your, take your time and look at that scripture. You are seated at the right hand of God. You are above. Look again at Colossians chapter 1, chapter 1, verse 12 to 14. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 to 14. 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. You have been qualified. You have been qualified. If you were not pitied. It's not pity. You were qualified. There is, there is, you didn't narrowly escape. You were qualified. He qualified you. You passed the exam. He qualified you. What did he qualify you for? Who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light? You are qualified. You deserve. He has made you to deserve it. You are qualified to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of life. The inheritance. What is the inheritance of the saints? Life and immortality. The God life. The eternal life of God. Immortality is the inheritance of the saints. Verse 13. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us. Where did he bring us? The King James Version says, translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, the son he loved, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. So you've been translated. All these things are in the past perfect tense. You've been translated. You are not going to be translated. You have been translated. He has rescued us from the earth realm, the dominion of darkness in the earth realm, and translated us, which changed our location into the what? The kingdom of his dear son. This is where you are. So when that voice of the angel was saying woe to the earth, you were not included. You were not included, sons of God. You were not included in those that are to be pitied, in those that are to be said woe to, in those that are to be said, hey, yeah, you are not included. You are not to be pitied. You are to be envied because your location is in the heavenly realms in Christ. And not just the heavenly realms of angels, but the heavenly realms of God, where God dwells. Because you are seated at the right hand of God. That word seated is, is not just literal. It is also figurative of the place of rest. You are seated. You are seated. 
you are seated. Look at John chapter 3 verse 31. John chapter 3 verse 31. As we begin to having established this truth. Now let me ask you a question. Do you have any doubt of your location? I want answers. Give me answers in the, in the, in the chat box. Do you have any doubt of where you are located, where you are situated? Do you have any doubt right now of, you know, so that we can continue? Do you have any doubt at all that you are not in the earth realm, but in the heavenly realms of God? Somebody respond. Somebody answer. Answer me. Do you have any doubt at all? At all? By these scriptures, by the testimony of two or three scriptures, the word of God said, the truth shall be established by the testimony of scripture. No doubt. No doubt. Glory to God. All right. Now let's begin to look at how do you, you see, experience, come into the experiential reality of this your heavenly existence, your right hand of God existence. How? Look at John chapter 3, verse 31. John chapter 3, verse 31. John chapter 3, verse 31. Thank you, Jesus. Okay? John chapter 3, verse 31 says, The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth, you see, belongs to the earth. The one who is from the earth dimension belongs to the earth dimension. And what? Speaks as one from the earth. There is a secret here, but I will show you. He said, the one who comes from the heaven is above all. The one who comes from the heaven is the one who comes from above. You see, above is not is not a is not the mathematical, you know, vertical and uh, you know, above is not up there. Above is a superior. It it subscribes to is a superiority, a superior kind of life, a quality of life that is superior to life on earth. That's what it means to come from above. Now look at this. The secret here, it begins to tell you something. He says, the one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth, who lives in the earth, belongs to the earth. And speaks as one from the earth. Do you see that? He speaks. See, your speech reveals who you are and where you are. Your speech exposes your reality and your identity. You speak according to your identity. You speak according to your reality. After today, you will begin to pay attention to your speech, to how you speak, to what you speak, what you give expression to. You see, speech is a kind of vibration. And vibrations can be vibrations of life or vibrations of death. Those who dwell on the earth, there is a kind of speech that they engage in. When you hear the voice of person, the vibration from the person who dwells on earth, it reeks of death. It, it smells of death. It smells of bondage. There is a way that people that dwell on earth speaks. 
that people that dwell on earth speaks. Your speech gives you a way. Your speech. He said they talk the way you talk. He said the one from the earth speaks as one from the earth. There is a way that people from the earth speaks. And there is a way that the one from heaven speaks. There is a way they speak. Your speech gives you a way. How do you live in the experiential reality of, of, of the kingdom of God, of the right hand of God, of the realm of the heaven, where the word of God has identified you, that you are located? How? Through your thoughts. Your thoughts. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What are the pathways? Your thoughts, your feeling, and then experience. I posted something in the group earlier. I don't know how many of us saw it. Let me read it for us. Wherever thoughts flow, feeling follows. And where feeling rests, experience manifests. You see, your thought defines your life. For as a man thinketh in his heart, scripture says in Proverbs, so is he. Your thoughts. You see, as a matter of fact, many times uh, the, the children of God live below their capacity as the sons of God because they live their life from the realm of feelings. They live their life from the realm of feelings. You wake up in the morning to pray. You don't feel like it. Your body feels so tired. You feel tired. You feel like you're going to fall sick. And you give in to that feeling. And you do what? And you sleep. Now, the, there is a temptation comes your way to, to, to do what? To give in to you know do unrighteousness to practice unrighteousness and you feel strongly in your body you feel it that ah i in fact i i, I can't help it i can't you feel like you can't help it you feel like you are under the water you feel and you from that realm of feeling you do what you give into darkness and you act that is why our experiences don't reflect our spiritual reality because we live from the realm of the lower feelings of death. Now, the secret to changing your feelings is to change your thoughts. Why? Because thought powers feeling. You can never feel differently from their predominant thoughts. You only feel in the direction of your present predominant thoughts. You only feel in the direction of your predominant thought. Wherever thought flows, feeling follows. And where feeling rests, experience manifests. If your experience now does not reflect the kingdom of God, the truth of God about you as the new creation, Check your feelings. Because feelings produce experience. Check your feelings. And if your feelings do not reflect or are not in alignment with the throne of God, check your thoughts. Why? Where thought flows, feeling follows. Where thought flows. Change your thoughts. Anytime you change your thoughts, 
your feelings change. Check whenever you begin to feel in a way there is nothing wrong with feeling. Feeling is one of the technologies to do what? To bring the reality of the kingdom of God into our space. Into our space. To express the powers of the age to come. But the problem is that we give in to the lower dimensions of feelings. You give in. How do you change your feelings? Change your thought. How do you change your thought? Feed on truth. You now, one of the, the mechanisms for changing your thought is to change your talk, your talk, what you talk about, what you speak. That's why that scripture says that he that comes from the earth speaks as one from the earth. Your talk, your words. Now, if you look and God gave us this prescription, he gave it to Joshua, this secret of using your words to change your thought. He said, this book of the law, in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, mouth first. Why? Because, because it is with your mouth that you do what? You supply your thoughts with the vibrations of life in God. This book of the law shall not depart. So, first of all, you pick the book of the law and you use your mouth in the place of meditation and supply your thoughts with what? With the words of God. Supply your thoughts, feed your thoughts on the word of God with your mouth, with what you say. Your talk, your talk. Change your talk. Scripture says the inhabitants of that land shall not say, I am sick. There is a language of Zion. There is a language of those that live in the heavenly realms. Your language, your talk, your speech gives you a way. It gives you a way. When you talk like one from the earth, even though spiritually, in your spiritual reality is that you are in the heavenly places. When you speak like one from the earth, those words, those speeches, those talks that are after the vibration of death, according to people that are on earth, what will it do? It will impact your thoughts. When it impacts your thoughts negatively with the same vibrations of death and darkness, what will happen? Your thoughts will in turn impact your feelings with the same vibrations of death and the same vibrations of darkness. And what will happen? Your feelings will produce your experience. And your experience cannot be different. Your feelings cannot have the vibrations of death in them and your experience will have the vibrations of life. It's not possible. Even though you are in the heavenly places, according to the word of God, your feelings cannot have the vibrations of, of darkness and your experience will have the vibrations of light. Use your mouth. Take up the word of God and feed. Force feed your thoughts with the truth of God. Force feed your thoughts with your talk. How do you talk? Engage the vibrations of God's word. Vibrate your thoughts with the word of God, with the truth of God, using your talk. Talk like the one. Talk like where you are in God. Talk like the place of your existence. Talk bold. Talk proudly. Talk with confidence. Talk the word. Talk the word. Keep saying it. Keep saying the word until it prevails over your thoughts. When the word of God prevails over your thoughts, it overflows your feelings. When it overflows your feelings, it 
exudes into your experience. This is how to experientially come into the reality of your place in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. God bless you, sons of God. Do have a wonderful day today. Love you with the love of the Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, what a day. Thank you. Lee Kapash.